the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. And welcome in. So happy to have you along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. My on-air partner, John Hall, taking a day off. But I have so many people who are going to be joining me in studio or on Zoom today, and so happy that you all are along for the ride as well, that, I mean, I'm not going to say we're not going to miss John because of course we always miss John but I think we'll be pretty busy from now up until six o'clock a lot coming up on today's show as I said in the five o'clock hour we will talk to Pittsburgh gardening expert in fact gardening royalty Doug Oster we'll talk about lawn jobs shrubs will your fall mums come back next year and how to make tomatoes ripen also what uh, trees to plant in the fall and all sorts of stuff about what to do in your yard that's coming up in the five o'clock hour also excited to talk to Jarrell Gilliam he's the executive director of the light of life mission in the north side Jarrell's going to join me in this hour to talk about homelessness in Allegheny County and this whole idea of building tiny houses for the homeless. Like, is that a crazy idea? Would that work? I, what are people in the relief community thinking about that? We'll talk to Jarrell in just a little bit. Also, in a couple minutes, we're going to go to the White House with our good friend Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, to talk about the latest um, things that are going on inside the Beltway. Also, the Emmy Awards are on tonight, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to bring myself to watch them because that's just a tough slog. However, I am kind of interested in some of the uh, people and shows that are up for awards. So we'll talk about that before the show ends at around six o'clock. So before we do anything else, Gary, I do believe it's time we should launch into the top four at four. All righty. For Monday, September 12th, 2022. Number one. Ukrainian troops have made sweeping gains, raising their flag again in multiple towns and villages in the northeast of the country that were until recently occupied by Russia's invading forces. The Ukrainian military says it's reclaimed an area the size of Rhode Island since the beginning of September alone. CBS News reports the Ukrainians' recent battlefield successes around the country's second largest city of Kharkiv has been among their most significant since they repelled Russia and their forces from Kyiv near the start of the war. Their counteroffensive, focused largely around Kharkiv, has already taken back a thousand square miles of territory, and Ukraine's blue and yellow flag flying once again in liberated towns all across the region. At this point, Ukraine 
is pushing troops back just 30 miles from the Russian border. Um, some say, most say, it's a humiliating defeat for Putin's men as they're forced to flee. They're abandoning key supply hubs, and Ukrainian forces have swept through the northeast at what they're calling breathtaking speed. They're also being greeted like conquering heroes with civilians rushing to offer flowers, embraces, and tears of joy. Number two. The U.K. continued its official period of mourning today exactly one week before the state funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. King Charles III, who was officially proclaimed king on Saturday in a, in a ceremony televised for the first time in history. I watched that on Saturday. I have to be honest, that was super interesting to me. Anyway, he and his wife Camilla left London to fly to Edinburgh, the capital of Scotland, where the Queen's coffin arrived yesterday after a journey by car from her Highland estate in Balmoral. Queen Elizabeth's coffin processed processed down Edinburgh's Royal Mile, and King Charles followed on foot along with his with his three siblings. You heard about this at the top of the hour. Princess Anne, Prince Edward, and Prince Andrew, all wearing military uniforms, apart from Prince Andrew, who stepped back from public life, and actually had to, after a scandal involving his connection to convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. The Queen's coffin will lie in state in St. Giles Cathedral for 24 hours, and after another motion of condolences made by the Scottish Parliament, Queen Elizabeth's children, including the King, will hold a vigil around her coffin this afternoon. That's from CBS News. Number three. Astronomers have revealed the first photograph of an exoplanet taken by NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. The image shows the bright blob of a world that is seven times heavier than Jupiter and that orbits a star nearly 400 light years away. It's exhilarating, said Ariane Carter, an astronomer at the University of California, Santa Cruz. She went on to talk about HIP 65426b. That's its nickname. It orbits about 100 times farther from its star than Earth does the sun. It takes 630 years to complete an orbit and has extreme heat and brightness, a scorching temperature of about 900 degrees Celsius. That's from Quantum Magazine. And number four. Cincinnati's first two snaps ended with a Cam Hayward sack and an interception at a 31-yard return by Minka Fitzpatrick yesterday, which was epic. Before the first quarter ended, Hayward added a fumble recovery and Alex Highsmith got two sacks. And so you'd think it would have been a route for the Steelers. But instead, it was the second nail-biter of the weekend for Pittsburgh's home teams. Of course, you know this if you watch the game. The anemic offense of the Steelers is the only reason that Cincinnati had any chance of winning. And they would have if not for Minka Fitzpatrick's blocked extra point attempt. And of course, the muff 29-yard field goal attempt. Chris Boswell hit the left upright on a 54-yard field goal attempt in overtime. It was a clank heard around the world. I had to get up and run out of the room because I could not believe it. But finally, he redeemed himself. And, of course, he's so great, I'm not going to pick on the guy. Anyway, he won it with a 53-yard field goal on the final play of overtime, 23-20. And that is your top four at four. Good grief. Was that some kind of crazy game yesterday? I, I couldn't... I, from the beginning, I said, they're going to come back. The Steelers look great. They're going to come back, and they're going to win. Cincinnati, I mean. They're going to come back and win. And, of course, up until the very end when the Steelers won, I just I couldn't believe it was going to happen. The Steelers finished with 267 total yards. I mean, that's pitiful. 
Yes. Oh, you talk, I thought he was talking to me. The Steelers finished 267. The Bengals gained 432 yards. And, of course, Pitt, don't forget about them, with two limping quarterbacks, came up short to the Tennessee Volunteers painfully, also in overtime, 34-27. Hail to Pitt. Anyway, we have so much coming up on today's show. As I said, Greg Clugston in the On Deck Circle, live from Washington, will find out what happened this week in the nation's capital. Thanks for being along. Monday edition, Ride Home. WORD. You could win a four-day trip to America Fest 2022 in Phoenix this December to join Charlie Kirk and other conservative speakers. Learn how to defend your God-given rights. Winners receive flights, hotel, rental car, and VIP tickets to AmFest 2022. When you enter, you'll receive a PDF download of the Unashamed and Unafraid Challenge, a five-day study to grow your understanding of your calling to biblical citizenship. Sign up now at wordfm.com slash America. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You're not required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. The first conscious act in organizing our people is to let them know who they are. From executive producer Larry Elder and director Justin Malone comes Uncle Tom 2, a deeper look at the true history of black America. There is no country in this world that a black person would rather be, unless, of course, they grow up in this country. Black lives matter! Black lives matter! Uncle Tom 2 uncovers the Marxist plot to demoralize America using false racial tension to destroy capitalism, replace God with government, turning black prosperity, faith, and patriotism into a perceived state of discontent, victimization, and anger. There was an intention to use black people to affect change. They're fed a lie that is so deceptive, they actually believe the opposite of that which is true. Uncle Tom 2 with Brandon Tatum, Fody Bauckham, and Chad O'Donnell. Jackson. Watch on demand or buy the DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Four fifteen on a Monday on the ride home. That usually means that it's time to talk to Greg Clugston. Check in on him. He's the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, welcome back. How are you? 
much, Kathy. Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for being. Uh, thanks for having me be yeah. here. <laughs> thanks for being here. I have yes, to be here, Greg. Being, but, but, I appreciate you being there because if you weren't, then I probably wouldn't be. Either. But you don't have to be here, and so I'm particularly grateful. Okay, Greg, um, let's start with this. Um, the death of Queen Elizabeth II uh, has sent uh, – it wasn't unexpected, but it certainly sent shockwaves around the world just because I read on Friday that 90 percent of the people living on the globe have been born since she took the throne. Um, it's a big deal. Uh, the Bidens have sent their uh, condolences to the royal family. Will they be attending the Queen's funeral on Monday? They will. There was an official invitation extended to President Biden and his wife uh, mm-hmm. late Saturday night. And yesterday morning, uh, the White House announced that the, the Bidens did um, confirm that they would uh, receive, uh, accept that invitation and travel next weekend uh, overseas and will be attending that state funeral. It's a week from today, the state funeral at Westminster Abbey. There, There's an open question, Kathy, as to whether Other former U.S. presidents or other Mm -hmm. American officials would be invited. Um, As you might imagine, the guest list and sorting all of that out uh, for someone like Queen Elizabeth II is a very tall order. Right. And uh, the White House was asked about that today. And all that we all that we got was that the invitation specifically was for President Biden and for his wife. They have accepted. And whether or not any other American officials, for example, former American presidents, if they're invited, uh, that would be announced by the UK. Mm -hmm. And I guess the other question is, and I'm not sure if you know this, but whether any past American presidents had any special relationship to speak of with the Queen. Well, um, they uh, in in modern you know in modern years modern history here memory there have been um, all of the American presidents um, I think except for LBJ uh, had met with Queen Elizabeth II at some point or another Uh, among the living former presidents um, I don't know that there's any particular um, special relationship that they had on a personal level uh, but certainly all of them have remarked and there have been statements of condolence and remembrance uh, from each of their offices over the last few days just remarking about the occasion um, or if in fact it was more than one occasion when they did get a chance to uh, to have a have an audience with the queen and uh, and their, their recollections of that so I, I think the short answer is we don't know if there was anything beyond just sort of the formal reception that she had with these presidents but all of them uh, spoke very highly of her. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg. So midterm campaigning, uh, it's been going on for quite a while, but is definitely heating up here in the Western Pennsylvania area. We are inundated with phone calls and text messages and radio ads and TV ads, you name it. Um, talk about what that means for the president. Is he going to be staying in at the White House? Is he going to be hitting the road? What? He is itching to hit the road mm-hmm. and to travel. We've already seen a little bit of that over the last couple of weeks. Um, he had a couple of events on Labor Day, for example, and that was seen as sort of a, a kickoff of sorts to uh, his midterm campaign travel expectations and also a little bit of understanding of what his message is going to be. Um, with gas prices coming down, even though inflation is still high, the White House sees that that might be a a little bit of a window there where the president wouldn't have to focus so much on inflation, even though it still is a real pressure point for a lot of Americans across the country. And the president and the White House team essentially wanting to focus on, uh, you know, a legislative uh, achievements uh, with the Democratic led Congress over the last number of of months and weeks. And that's going to be the focus, Uh, as is the case with any 
uh, incumbent president, there are even there are always a handful of some uh, lawmakers at the local and state level uh, of the same party with the president. In this case, Joe Biden and Democrats that don't want to have the presidential presence on their campaign mm-hmm. uh, behalf. Uh, because uh, because of the district or the state in which they live or because uh, differences on some voting or issues or whatever. So we'll have to see how uh, how many how many lawmakers will uh, you know receive the president's uh, support and help on the on the campaign trail with open arms. Mm-hmm. Most of them will, but there will be a handful that won't. Sure. And also the, the question goes on, is Trump helping or hurting the GOP? Um, especially people who are seeking reelection. Uh, and so as Trump's team is pushing back right after the FBI raid um, at Mar-a-Lago, talk about what that conflict is between um, his attorneys and the DOJ and kind of where that exists as of right now. Well, there was a new court filing earlier today by Trump's legal team, and the attorneys were dismissing and uh, really attacking the Justice Department's position uh, that there shouldn't be any sort of independent arbiter or uh, a special master to uh, to sort of look at the documents and retrieve what the Trump team thinks needs to be retrieved uh, that wouldn't uh, be subject to any sort of investigation by the by the federal government. And so, in fact, in, in the in the court filing today, the former president's lawyers were raising the question that the documents that were seized last month at Mar-a-Lago weren't even classified documents, which, of course, uh, goes against what uh, we've heard from the Justice Department right. in terms of the sensitivity of those papers. So this dispute is ongoing. And uh, this judge who had essentially put out an order last week that the Trump team is opposing uh, we'll have to wait to hear what the uh, what the verdict is uh, from this judge on this particular question, possibly later this week. So that was a lower court ruling. Am I right about that, Greg? Last Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe uh, about the special master. It is. Yeah. OK. And and that judge that judge still has jurisdiction over these specific questions. However, the Justice Department has said that it does plan to appeal to a federal, federal court. court. OK. So even if we hear uh, from this lower court judge later this week it's likely not the end of the story okay what about the photographs that were leaked from uh mar-a-lago you know i saw the ones that you know there were there were the numbers that were around the different exhibits they showed like uh you know the carpeting of the closet Mm -hmm. and there were you know envelopes that said top secret on them and then they were empty i mean are, are is the trump team saying that those were those were created, that they weren't actual or what, that that was just some kind of, you know, mistake that the feds made when they looked. Right. I don't know in their 21 page court filing today if they spoke specifically uh, to those photographs, Kathy, but they did use the term purported classified records. So that Hmm. that suggests that the former president's lawyers uh, they're not even conceding that the Justice Department's claim that these are highly sensitive or top secret documents. Uh, so it's just sort of the latest twist in terms of, uh, you know, the language being used by both sides and the approaches by the two legal teams. Um, you know, the, the, the Trump team says that this is simply spiraling out of control to have a criminal investigation mm-hmm. like this. Yet, on the other hand, you have the federal government saying that this is a real national security question that has to be dealt with very seriously. Right. So the FBI thinks it's already spiraled out of control and they're trying to regain it. Right. So it just depends on kind of whose side you come down on. 
Right. Yeah. Both both sides could, in fact, say use that term spiral mm-hmm. out of control. And uh, the mm-hmm. latest side to use it was the Trump team earlier today. Boy, it's like a full time job keeping up with that. I'll tell you right now. We're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. All right. Let's turn our attention to the Senate. Um, so the House originally passed a same sex marriage bill. Uh, Greg, back in July, and nearly, I don't know, 50-some House Republicans supported it. But as of right now, only three Republicans in the Senate have committed to vote for it. So talk about how Republican senators are thinking about this, what the Democrats are thinking. I know I've read many Republicans think, oh, it's not necessary. We're not going to need it anyway. Yeah, that is the argument from a lot of Republicans, especially in the Senate side, saying they they don't feel as if it's uh, necessary to pass this kind of legislation uh, that would essentially codify into law same-sex marriage, interracial relationships and marriage and that sort of thing. Uh, Democrats pushed for this primarily because of what happened at the beginning of the summer uh, when after the Roe v. Wade uh, reversal by the Supreme Court, you had Justice Clarence Thomas suggesting that same-sex marriage and um, other, uh, other other rights that are uh, enjoyed by uh, people in this country and uh, that are controversial in many quarters, especially among uh, religious conservatives, that they would be uh, they would be uh, you know ripe for uh, th- this kind of overturning or reversal that abortion rights. Uh, we're under. And so that uh, that led Democrats to say, hey, we need to make sure that uh, these rights are protected as they saw them. And so that's the push. And then you're right. There were um, more than four dozen Republicans in the House that signed on. Mm-hmm. That was a larger number, I think, than even Democrats yeah, had they, anticipated. Right. So what's happening right now is the negotiations are, are taking place in the Senate in terms of coming up with uh, language for a bill that would be along these same lines that would uh, protect uh, in law same-sex marriage in the U.S. But there is a religious exemption uh, idea that is floating out there. And so there are any number of Republicans in the Senate who have religious objections or concerns based um, in their faith. And Mm -hmm. so lawmakers, senators are trying to come up with language that would accommodate those religious concerns. And uh, that has not been finalized yet. The Senate leader, the Democratic leader, Chuck Schumer, has said that sometime this month, probably not before next week, uh, they will uh, have a have a vote on this issue. So we'll have to uh, say watch out for this one and see what happens. So talk about the Republican senators who are look who are working on a religious exemption clause and what who are they and what do you think? Is there any is there any news about what that religious exemption would look like? Well, um, the language, we, we haven't seen the language specifically yet, uh, although some of the senators who are um, who are in these discussions, uh, and they include Senator Collins of Maine, uh, Senator Mitt Romney is also a, a key person that's being um, advised on this. Uh, they say that the religious exemption would be very similar to uh, the Religious Freedom Restoration mm-hmm. Act sure. uh, law that was passed, you know, 30 years ago. In the early 90s. And uh, that would essentially allow there to be um, a, a carve out for uh, churches, 
faith institutions. Uh, but how that would play out, especially in today's climate, where uh, when you poll the American people, there is much wider support for same-sex marriage than there was three decades ago. So the language of that exemption is going to be very interesting to watch and to see how uh, senators finally come to terms on it, if they in fact do. Yeah, and to imagine what that outworking would look like on a day-to-day basis, how the press would cover it if people decided to invoke it, um, you know, if there would be backlash. I mean, there's just there's so many unanswered questions there. Sure. And and we see, for example, there's a Christian uh, college in Seattle, Seattle Pacific University. It's been the he- in the headlines mm-hmm. uh, for some time. There was a new legal action taken by students and members of the faculty against the uh, institution today on the issue of LGBTQ rights and the policies and the hiring policies of this uh, Christian institution, which is affiliated with the Free Methodist Church. And that's just one example of many where mm-hmm. even if there are religious protections, that doesn't mean that there won't be any sort of legal action. Hmm. All right, Greg, our time's almost up, and that means it's time to take you off the beaten path. I'm wondering okay. if there are there any other radio programs that do this to you on a weekly basis? No, mm. no, this is it. Okay. You uh, you put me on the spot, Not and uh, this keeps me on my toes. It really does. Uh, I, two tourists in Venice, Italy, uh, Greg, uh, infuriated the city's mayor by riding motorized surfboards through the Grand Canal this week, uh, prompting the mayor to call them imbeciles. Um, he posted on video uh, on Facebook and Twitter, these guys, and offered a free dinner for anyone who could identify the two of them and bring them to justice. Venice is not Disneyland, the mayor said. OK, mm-hmm. now the pair were eventually tracked down and uh, the men are in custody. They've been fined something like fifteen hundred U.S. dollars or something like that. Uh, anyway, my question for you is, you know, are you a surfer, Greg? And <laughs> have you been to Venice? No, no, I've. I've tried, you know, kind of the boogie board stuff. How's that work out uh, for you? Kind, kind of a disaster. It's a little rough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It looks. Yeah. It's much harder than it looks. I know. The last time I tried it, which is probably the last time I will try it, I, <laughs> yeah. was, con- I was convinced that this was going to be the time I got up and stayed up, and nope, it didn't No? Work. What about Venice? Have you been there? No, I haven't been, mm. although... I would love to visit someday. Imagine someone surfing through the Grand Canal. It takes a little bit of the stature away from the place that you're visiting. Um, yeah. And is there anything, uh, last question for you, Greg. I yeah. know this is, I know you're waiting. This is pivotal for you. Um, is there anything as a local that bothers you when people visit your hometown? And I mean by hometown, I mean your adopted one in Washington, D.C. Anything that bothers me yeah. when visitors come to yes. D.C.? Are people um, doing anything that's really offensive and you think, really? You know, it, this is yeah, DC's this, DC's you know, not Disneyland. Is, I know this is kind of petty, but you know we have these long escalators in the metro yeah, subway yeah. system, and it's sort of and, and this is true in airports and other places around the country. But it's sort of an unwritten rule that if you're not going to be walking, you stand to the right to allow people walking up the escalator right to be in the passing lane. The yeah, passing lane exactly, and uh, tourists famously or infamously uh, either don't know about it or don't abide by that. So that that kind of irks uh, the locals a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I visit D.C., you're saying I need to stay to the right? Stay to the right if you're taking your time. And the rest of us, I guess, we're just in too much of a hurry. All sometimes. right. Okay, yeah. well, if, if you do uh, decide to go to Venice, please let John and I know. Maybe we can meet you halfway. <laughs> I will. I'll. I'll. I'll not. I'll be sure to pack my motorized surfboard. Exactly. No, because Venice is not Disneyland. Good to talk to you, Greg. Have a good week. You too. Bye.
Want to save big on new blinds? Blindster.com offers custom-made blind shades and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Shop Blindster now and save 45% off any order. Just use code RADIO. Offer and soon. Shop today. Blindster.com. The Catholic Men's Fellowship of Western Pennsylvania presents the 14th Annual Gathering of Men Conference, Created New, Saturday, September 24th at Gateway High School in Monroeville. A day for men to rediscover their connection with God and renew their bonds with each other. Featuring a powerful lineup of speakers, worship, and Holy Communion to call us out of isolation and remind us what it means to be created anew. For details, visit the Catholic Men's Fellowship of Western Pennsylvania today at cmfpitt.org. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of Social Security, squeezing it for all it's worth? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team can help show you ways to do that with our free Social Security report. It's a great first step to learn how your benefits can play a role in your overall retirement income plan, especially because the Social Security Administration can't give you advice. It's different for everyone, and there are a lot of factors that go into knowing exactly how to maximize your benefits, but based on the decision you make, you could end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars in retirement simply by by being informed. Get this free social security report from Accurate Solutions Group by texting the word security to 412-515-3555. That's security to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management LLC. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Celebrate fall during community market days at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. Every Saturday from 11 to 3, Bedner's has plenty to enjoy, including local goods and vendors, a food truck, live music, wine tastings, cooking and gardening workshops, DIY and kids activities, plus everything you need for your fall gardening and decor with fresh cut pumpkins, gourds, corn stalks, mums, and lots more. Community market days every Saturday at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse and McDonald. Visit Bedner'sGreenhouse.com. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Partly cloudy tonight, the low 53, and then tomorrow times of clouds and sun, the high 68. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, the low 53 as well. And midweek Wednesday looks mostly sunny, pleasant, but the start of a long dry spell, high 76. Thursday going to be mostly sunny, a great day to be outside with a high 75. Partly sunny, a nice Friday, the high 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. A teacher in El Paso, Texas, is on administrative leave and facing termination after she told students to call pedophiles, quote, minor attracted persons. In an incident captured on video and then, of course, shared on social media, according to the city school district. In an 18-second clip, and I'm reading here from, I believe this is a, no, it's an NBC News story. 
In an 18-second clip, the Franklin High School teacher can be heard telling students, quote, stop calling them that. You're not allowed to label people like that. She went on to say, quote, we're not going to call them that. We're going to call them MAPs, Minor Attracted Persons. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. The teacher was identified by the El Paso Teachers Association as Amber Parker, who teaches English at Franklin High School, or did before this all came about. NBC News reached out to her. Uh, She said she's not legally allowed to comment at this time, and requests for comment from the high school also immediately returned. NBC News did report, though, that the school district was made aware of the incident early last week and launched an investigation. Um, After that was concluded on September 6th, During a special board meeting, the Board of Trustees approved a decision to notify the teacher of her termination. Um, But the school district would not disclose the findings of the investigation. Um, So it's shocking in some ways that you would have a teacher actually be in a classroom and say that you're not allowed to label someone as a pedophile. Especially the part where she says, don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. However, it just makes me think that, you know, tolerance is good. I mean, we should I'm I'm glad for tolerance as part of any free society, but it has to be balanced against protection of the vulnerable. Right. That's why we have statutes, laws. That's why we call things a crime, Um, because a society can only maintain its freedom up to a certain point. It's tolerance, you know, can only go up to point A before it falls apart for um, people who need protection in society. Um, So this is clearly, so very clearly a case where this woman rushed right off the edge of that point because I think sexual abuse of minors has been well documented. documented, But, you know, it also made me think about um, discrimination toward women, which is well documented, but that has not stopped the transgender community or the transgender activist community from trying to cancel J.K. Rowling. And J.K. Rowling has come out not against the transgender community, but has said whenever transgender rights butt up against the rights of women that have been hard won over many decades, then we need to have a serious conversation. And that was enough to get J.K. Rowling multi-jillionaire um, and you know enormous brain who uh, came up with the Harry Potter series of books. So I don't know. It's a conversation that every free society can have, but I am extremely grateful to see that the school district made the right decision in shutting this teacher down and saying, you know what? That is one step too far. All right, I need to take a break. But when we come back, Gerald Gilliam, executive director of Light of Life, is going to be with us. Will tiny houses, tiny houses that we build with our tax money, help the homeless community in Pittsburgh? We'll ask him that. Right home. 101.5 WORD. As the war in Ukraine drags on, innocent refugee families are in desperate need of food. Food for the Poor has sent millions of meals already, but more are needed. You can make a huge difference answering these families' prayers and pleas for food. 25 cents sends one meal to Ukraine, so a generous gift of $50 will provide 200 meals. Please give your best gift now. Just text Send Hope, all one word, to 91999. Text Send Hope to 91999, and we'll send you a link to give. 
give. Or click the Help Ukraine banner at wordfm.com. There is no country in this world that a black person would rather be. Unless, of course, they grow up in this country. Uncle Tom, too, from Larry Elder and Justin Malone, uncovers the Marxist plot using false racial tension to demoralize America. They're fed a lie that is so deceptive, they actually believe the opposite of that which is true. The first act in organizing our people is to let them know who they are. Uncle Tom, too. Watch on demand or buy the DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for quality patio furniture made right here in the USA? Hearth and Home Furnishings in Zelianople offers one of the largest selections of American-made wicker, cast aluminum, and marine-grade polymer pieces designed to bring comfort and style to your living space, from casual to sophisticated, seating for 2 to 10, in dozens of finishes and hundreds of fabrics made to endure season after season. Hearth and Home Furnishings, family-owned since 1978 at hearthandhomepa.com. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. The battle lines are drawn. The war for America's soul is on the line. Learn who's on the right side. Join Salem Media Group and this station for the Battleground Talkers Tour. Coming in October as the best minds in conservative media and thought dissect the coming midterm election. Wired Differently presents Gallagher, Hewitt, Prager, and Tatum. The Battleground Talkers Tour. Thursday, October 20th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Tickets at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Hagerman Law. A few weeks ago, Pittsburgh City Council introduced legislation in an attempt to find immediate solutions to our homeless issues here in the city. Uh, And they included a proposal to build tiny houses on city-owned land. I'm reading here from the Trib. The measure was sponsored by Council President Teresa Kale Smith and Councilwoman Deb Gross. Um, they talked about uh, homelessness in the city as a public health emergency, especially we know that winter is coming. And so that would be a terrible time to be outside in Pittsburgh. Uh, the legislation asks that the mayor, the housing authority and several city departments present council with proposals to address homelessness and temporary immediate solutions to the issue. Now, here's here's where it gets a little dicey. The measure also directs the Departments of Innovation and Performance. To be honest with you, I don't know anything about those departments. Uh, the Departments of Innovation and Performance and Finance to find 10 parcels of city-owned land with water and sewer connections in place that could be used for tiny home development. 
10 parcels of city-owned land with water and sewer connections that can be developed into affordable housing for rent or ownership, 10 parcels of city-owned land that could be used as heating or cooling shelters, and 10 parcels of land under the Department of Finance's control that have structures that could be used for affordable housing or temporary shelter. Now, I think, you know, every fair-minded person wants everyone to be safe off the streets and in a warm place, especially when winter comes. The question is, will this type of solution help? Jarrell Gilliam is my guest, Executive Director of Light of Life Mission. Jarrell, always happy to have you on the program. Good to see you. How are you? Good to see you as well. Hello, Kathy. Okay, Jarrell, for people who don't know what Light of Life is, first of all, talk about the mission and your role there. Well, I'm the executive director of uh, Light of Life Rescue Mission. Uh, we're celebrating our 70th year this year. Oh so God. we've we've been doing this since 1952. And uh, we're located on the north side of Pittsburgh. We have the privilege of being the largest rescue uh, mission or shelter in the city. And um, and so we, we love the space that God has called us to, to be advocates for those who are poor on the edges of society, and uh, and are housing insecure. So uh, happy to join you in this discussion today. Mm-hmm. Well, Jarrell, we love your work. We want to support you in what you're doing. And whenever I read about issues like this, the first thing I think of is, well, before we decide to do anything as a city, we should talk to the people who work with the homeless on a daily basis um, so that we're not, you know, acting like we understand the complexity of a, uh, the complexities of a situation that we don't remotely understand. Uh, so first off, um, when you hear about the possibility of building tiny homes for people who are homeless, w- w- I guess your first reaction well, it's a it's a complicated issue. Uh, homelessness is, and so um, uh, and other cities have tried this. And I've, I've traveled with my staff. We visited other places, okay, in, uh, to Portland, to L.A., Baltimore, Atlanta, um, and some others. And uh, we've seen like what's worked, what hasn't worked. We've met with their uh, city officials to see what would they do differently if they had a chance to do it over again. And uh, we've been trying to share uh, when we've had opportunities uh, locally with our county as well as the city. Um, so the tiny house um, solution has been tried before, and it does work for some. Uh, the deal is, is that it's, uh, you know, we're talking dozens or maybe hundreds at the most. Mm. Um, what I'm concerned about is if we have thousands of people who are on the street, um, Having a couple hundred is good for those couple hundred, but it doesn't solve the problem. And so that's where our challenge is, is how to think ahead Mm -hmm. to think of bringing on board or online hundreds of beds in different areas and different spaces so that we don't just find like a novelty idea like the tiny house thing and and think that that's going to solve the problem. It's going to take that and much more. So, Jarrell, when you said it works for some, did you mean it works for some cities or did you mean it works for some individuals and would not work for others? Great question, Kathy. Yeah, I'm I'm speaking of the individuals. So um, uh, we're a part of Light of Life is a part of a national network of uh, rescue missions. And uh, what we uh, what we found and what the CityGate Network has reported is that for about 25 percent of those who are homeless, having some type of housing first type of option is a viable option for them. So that means they have enough 
uh, whether it's uh, their 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 own ability to self-manage, to be in their own apartment, their own house, and to stay there, and it's okay. Um, for but that's a low percentage, twenty five. However, uh, those options are not great options uh, because they need community, or they need uh, mental health support, or they need addiction support. Um, or other training uh, to prepare them for living on their own. And so um, I like to describe homelessness. Um, it's like dealing with the waterfall <laughs> and, you know, being at the bottom of the waterfall and you look up and you say, well, what are the issues of the waterfall? Um, you really have to go to the tributaries of homeless and try to understand where are the homeless coming from? Who are they? And it's not a monolithic group. Mm-hmm. And so, there are some that, yeah, you could put them in an apartment and they would do great. But there are some that uh, if you watch the movie The Soloist, uh, it's a great movie I recommend, um, uh, somebody who's having mental health uh, problems, uh, being alone in an apartment actually makes their mental health worse. And uh, and so we have to take it one at a time, uh, one issue at a time, and come alongside uh, those who are needing help. Sure. Gerald Gilliam is with us, Executive Director of the Light of Life Mission. Um, Gerald, what do you think would help in our discussions about options? Um, because I appreciate the fact that the council president and the councilwoman are trying, they their heart's in the right place. And so I salute anybody who's trying to figure it out. Um, but what? How? how do we get toward effectiveness? You know, I don't just want us to be posturing. And I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but I just know that that's a tendency of any person. You feel like there's a social issue that you see. It's a problem. You want to solve it. And so you feel good about talking about what you think your issue is or your solution is. But it doesn't actually end up in anything that makes a a day-to-day difference for a person. So how do we get to that point? Yeah, it it as I said at the beginning, it's a complicated issue, right? And so it's the the challenge is there's a meeting tonight on the north side I'll be attending later on, and so there's a lot of energy around a particular issue, and they want a solution, but there's not like one solution. There's not a silver bullet. Uh, when I when I do a full presentation, I look at like nine tributaries to homelessness. And each one of those require a different approach. Those those who are mental health have one. Those who have drug and alcohol history is another. There are some that are just doing illegal activity. Uh, we need to deal, deal with them in a in a different way. Um, there are some that uh, they just have housing. Uh, they, they have gone through the county system. They have been assigned an apartment, but the apartment won't be ready for mm. uh, two months. Got and it. there's not a place for them to stay. So they're in a tent downtown. Um and uh, my concern is, are they going to make it in two months to move into that? So we need to meet with the people, understand what their issues are, what led to their homelessness. And then in some cases, we need to go back and and put, in, put into place legislation that helps them. Some of the contributing factors had to do with some very well-intended but misguided legislation, um, like, uh, like the, the rent moratorium during covid a lot of people didn't misunderstood what that was, mm-hmm. and they ended up not paying no rent. Now they get to the end. They own t- thousands and thousands of dollars, and now there's no option for them, and now they're going to be on the street. And uh, and so we need to think about our policies and think long-term yeah. about how, they, um, how they'll impact people. But I applaud every effort um, by the city, by the county, 
to bring solutions, and we want to be a part of that as well. So that's such a good point, Jarrell. Whenever we're talking about legislation, we always need to be thinking about what its long-term impact will be or what its unintended consequences are, right? I mean, I, I have friends who are um, who own property, and they've seen this coming, Jarrell, since the first day that legislation passed. They said, I know that this is what's going to happen. We're going to get yeah. to the point where this this whole reprieve is over. They're going to owe me, you know, $6,000. I'm never going to see that money. Yeah. Yes. And so we were trying to advocate on behalf of the landlords so that that money can go directly to them. Because my our point from Light of Life is we're saying it is better for us to work with them and cheaper for the county, frankly, or the state to help someone stay in their apartment while they look for an alternative rather than mm-hmm. the way the system is now. They're not eligible for homeless services until they actually are homeless. And so when those people are calling in saying we need help, they say, well, you're currently under a roof, so you're not eligible for services. And so we need to be able to intervene earlier on, look for creative solutions um, to, to, to help all of those who are dealing with this issue. Okay. What I love about that is that you're trying to utilize common sense at the same time as you're talking about legislation and day-to-day help. I really love it. Jarrell, we, we love, again, what you're doing. We support you guys. And, uh, you know, we try to make that count um, for people yeah. uh, in, in a real-life situation. Uh, that's Jarrell Gilliam, Executive Director of Light of Life Mission. Jarrell, if people want to hear more, find out more about Light of Life, can you tell them where they can go? Yes, uh, we welcome you to come to our website at lightoflife.org, and you can find out all about um, our organization, um, volunteering uh, opportunities, and uh, we love being here in Pittsburgh with such a generous uh, population. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the case? Lightoflife.org. Find out more information, lightoflife.org. That's Jarrell Gilliam. Jarrell, see you. Thanks for being here. See you later. Thank you. My nephew is obsessed with treasure hunting. We watched that National Treasure movie where the hero solves all the ridiculous puzzles on his way to finding treasure. And ever since, he's been hiding painted rocks in the backyard and making treasure maps. In the movie, the hero has to find a clue inside a glacier, steal the Declaration of Independence, and outsmart the FBI. But for you, you happen to be living in a moment arguably unlike any other, where your home went and grew hidden treasure on its own over the last few years. Home values have gone nuts, leaving most of us with a significant opportunity to do a cash-out refinance and to use that newfound treasure for life. Many use it for credit card or high-interest debt or to just help with a difficult financial time. Many others use it for home projects, vacations, or treasure-hunting gear. If you're curious what's hiding in your home, we are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. 
And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Critical race theory. Is it critical or corrupting? Prominent Christian leaders fall into both camps. If the debate has left you confused and questioning, Rocky Springs Church presents a CRT conference Saturday, September 24th in Harrisville, PA, within 10 minutes of Grove City that examines the history of CRT, how we got here, is it compatible with the gospel, and where do we go from here? Register at crtconference.rockyspringschurch.org, crtconference.rockyspringschurch.org. The battle lines are drawn. The war for America's soul is on the line. Learn who's on the right side. Join Salem Media Group and this station for the Battleground Talkers Tour. Coming in October as the best minds in conservative media and thought dissect the coming midterm election. Wired Differently presents Gallagher, Hewitt, Prager, and Tatum. The Battleground Talkers Tour. Thursday, October 20th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Tickets at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Hagerman Law. During the show, and as I get ready for the show, I do a lot of handwriting. I don't do a ton of stuff, you know, typing on an iPad or whatever. I like to, you know, write it down myself. And so to do that, I am using the uh, a friction clicker, which is a, a very inexpensive pen. I think I bought it at Target. And uh, it's erasable, which I know makes it a laughing stock for people who really like pens. And those people are written up in the Washington Post in an extremely lengthy article about the Washington, D.C. Fountain Pen Super Show, which was just held at the beginning of August. It is the world's largest show devoted to fountain pen collectors, and somehow 2,000 people attended I mean, I can't believe there are 2,000 people who are into this, but I have a feeling that Gary might be one of those people. He's on the uh, other side of the glass right now. Um, They were selling T-shirts at this event that read, My Fountain Pen Scoffs at Your Subpar Writing Instrument. (laughs) There were also pen kimonos and pen pillows. Uh, Walking through such a space, says the Washington Post, scrawling in a notebook with a pen like I'm holding in my hand, earned glances full of pity. Now, some of these writing implements, especially the vintage pen collectors, uh, can spend up to $50,000 on a pen. Some can be had for less than 200, but let's be honest, those are crappy. I mean, there's no way I'm going to get a good pen, right? In, at least in this world, for under $200. Um, I believe in my mind, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've never spent more than like a buck sixty. For a pen. Um, Social media apparently has been huge for this hobby. There are YouTube channels, blogs, Etsy, Instagram, and Twitch accounts by so-called penfluencers and penthusiasts. But you have a Midori notebook. I I do. That's because you talked me into it. (laughs) Do you have a fountain pen, Gary? Two fountain pens. Mm -hmm. Would First of all, would you go to this gathering of 2,000 like-minded people? No. Okay. Um, are you interested in the T-shirt that they were offering? No. Okay. 
<laughs> Though you have to give points for the fact that it's very creative, right? Yeah. My yeah. fountain pen scoffs at your subpar <laughs> writing instrument. Um, why, why do you choose the fountain pen? Tradition, I think, mm. more than anything. And Although I use other pens more often than that. So when you're working, do you use a fountain pen day to day? No, I use a computer. Ever heard of one? <laughs> If you're writing something in your office, would you choose the fountain pen or would you choose something I like would. my friction? I would prefer the fountain pen mm -hmm. if I'm actually writing, which we don't write very much anymore. That's exactly why the Washington Post asserts people are going back to fountain pens because it's like the ever present push of digital media is making us go back and think, wait a minute, what happened to like a letter? What yeah. happened to a book? And so... People are saying, who were interviewed for this very, as I said, lengthy piece, that they produce better things mentally if they're written in a nicer pen. Yeah, I agree. Would you? Yeah, if it means something to you, I think it would. So you think I should change and maybe invest in one? How much am I talking? How What's that going to set me back? Anywhere from 50 to plus. I've got them... A lot more than that, a lot of that. Well, 50's my cheapest. 50 bucks. Yep. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Ukrainian army says it took back 20 villages in the past 24 hours alone in its continued counteroffensive against Russian forces. We had an update this morning from the Ukrainian military saying that 20 villages had been liberated in the last 24 hours. We uh, don't have uh, details about their location, about their name, and I've got to say that uh, it's hard to independently verify those claims. But again, this is part of this operation to retake territory in the northeast of the country, in the Kharkiv uh, region, uh, and I think now more than 50 villages have been uh, liberated uh, since the Ukrainians started this counteroffensive last week. BBC correspondent Hugo Bacheka. United Auto Workers Unions went on strike Saturday at the Stellantis casting plant in Indiana. A long-term strike could affect vehicle assembly lines across the country. This is SRN News. If you're considering protecting your retirement with gold or silver, listen up. Mark Davis here. One company I trust for this, Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. They've won the best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because they really educate their clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. Text the word BETTER to 48542. Get a free copy of the number one best-selling book, The Great Devaluation, when you text BETTER to 48542. So they can send you a free gold kit along with a free copy of the Wall Street Journal national bestseller, The Great Devaluation. With the crazy state of the world right now, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Don't wait any longer. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value, all from Advantage Gold. Text the word BETTER to 48542 now. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. Text the word BETTER to 48542 now. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. 
Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. It's a very common fear to have a fear of the dentist. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock, voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. I feel particularly drawn to making sure that all patients are at ease. That extra gentle touch, the extra nudge to tell them it's okay, we'll get through this together. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. A successful baseball coach gets the offer of a lifetime. We need a new coach. I'm looking at it. I'm Coach Brooks. I love this game. When his methods reveal his faith, two worlds collide. Your job description at this school reads coach, not pastor. I'm being forced to choose between providing for my family and doing what God called me to do. This is bigger than baseball. It's bigger than you. Champions live here. Running the Bases. In theaters Friday, rated PG. Tickets and showtimes at runningthebasesmovie.com. You just keep winning. Partly cloudy tonight, the low 53, and then tomorrow times of clouds and sun, the high 68. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, the low 53 as well. And midweek Wednesday looks mostly sunny, pleasant, but the start of a long dry spell, high 76. Thursday going to be mostly sunny, a great day to be outside with a high 75. Partly sunny, a nice Friday, the high 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It is Kathy Emmons, but it is not John Hall. John's taking a day off. Happy to be here in the studio with you. Um, And happy to have Gary on the other side of the uh, glass in the other room, making sure that all the trains run on time. And looking forward to a great hour on the ride home. Doug Oster is going to be with me in just a few minutes. He's the editor of Gardening with Doug. You've seen him all over TV and radio for the past decade plus. And he knows whatever it is you need to know about your garden, whether it's a vegetable, a tree, a shrub or a weed. Doug is your man. He's going to be with me in just a couple minutes. Also, we're going to talk about public satisfaction with the U.S. healthcare system at an all-time low. I will share some personal stories of what that's been like. Also, the Emmy Awards are coming up tonight. We'll talk about that right before the top of the six o'clock hour at what you can expect and whether you will be able to stomach such an awards program this evening. But before we do any of that, uh, The notion of quiet quitting, Uh, it's a new term that's been coined since COVID. And um, I think COVID brought out, I think, the best and worst in a lot of us. Isolation's never good for anybody. Um, I think some people responded to that better than others did. But one of the things that did cause people to think is, wait a minute, 
why am I doing what I'm doing? So as people ask that question, some people ask the question and then they decide to talk publicly about it. And then there are some TikTokers who decide to quiet quit in a big sense. Rather than working late on a Friday evening, organizing the annual team building trip or volunteer to supervise the boss's teenager on a work experience, the quiet quitters are avoiding all of those things and beyond. They're avoiding what they call the hustle culture mentality or what psychologists are calling (laughs) occupational citizenship behaviors. Instead, they're doing just enough in the office to keep up and then leave work on time, mute Slack, and then post about it on social media. So I'm reading an article from today's Guardian because we know what things are like in the U.S., um, but I wanted to look overseas and see how people are responding. Like, I think I get a good idea of what COVID did to us in America, but the question is, what did COVID do to other people? I mean, there were people all over the world who were cocooned, and did that damage them? Did that change their work habits as well? Um, And so I I found this article in The Guardian, and it talks about how in the UK, listen to these numbers, a Gallup report for 2022 shows that only 9% of workers in the UK are engaged or enthusiastic about their work. 9%. That ranks them 33 out of 38 European countries. I mean, Talk about a crisis. Also, uh, hashtag Tang Ping, which means lying flat, is a now censored hashtag that was prompted by China's shrinking workforce and long hours culture. There's an issue there as well. Of course, there aren't Gallup polls asking, you know, the average Chinese person what they think. But the numbers that are listed in this Guardian article about what's going on in the UK was absolutely shocking. Now, it told a couple like in situ examples of people and what happened to them. One person was by the name of Natalie. She says that she left her 14-year social work career last September. She wasn't driven to climb the ladder, and she felt like she was coasting. She wasn't doing the bare minimum, but she said she really was just doing her job and not going above or beyond. So she decided to set up her own business, which was selling eco-friendly children's toys and clothing. And she said that she feels like it was a good move for her. Um, Another person by the name of Amy says that she began her career in marketing and was the head of communications for a big nonprofit. And she said it was her dream job. She loved the position. She liked the status. She liked the salary. And she said it was a big thing with her group of people, like her friend group, that they were going to be, you know, taking phone calls on weekends. They were going to be working on holidays. They were going to be, it's going to be 1030 at night and they were still going to be doing their job. She loved it. And she felt very driven about it. And all of a sudden, one of her best friends from college told her that she was dropping to work just three days a week. And Amy, the person who the story is about, said, I was really judgy about it. Like what? I thought we were doing this. I thought we were climbing the corporate ladder together. Um, But it caused Amy to kind of take a step back and say, wait a minute. And within 18 months, Amy quit to start her own Kind Kids book club. So Okay, those are two stories of people that it worked for. There are a lot of other stories in this article and in a lot of other places I saw today who 
people have had really horrible experiences. They've left a job that they had been in for a long time. They were just tired of it. They decided to start their new thing and realized six months in or three months in that they were not remotely cutting it financially. And they ended up having to find another job, starting at a more entry-level position. And financially, they had ended up losing a lot from the job they had previously. So, I mean, I feel like if we can live with less I mean, I think that's great. After all, you know, Jesus said the love of money is the root of all evil, but we're also made to work. I mean, that that's how God has set it up. I mean, just look at the opening chapters of Genesis. God told Adam and Eve that they were in charge of the garden. That's what they were supposed to do. And they were supposed to work it and they were supposed to enjoy it. Um, now then we know what happened to work after sin entered the world and how work, work became a curse and it became toil. It was difficult and all of those things. But work was given to Adam before the fall. So if we're talking about a Christian look, uh, you know, uh, a worldview, then work is not just a part of it, it is an essential part of it. And just common sense wise, if you're like, I'm reading, this is a much longer article than um, I've shared with you. But when you read about these people who are leaving work exactly on time, and they're going to go home and talk on TikTok about how much they hate their job. The first thing I think is these are all the people that you hated when you were paired with them in a small group project in college. Like this is just, these are the people who, when they announce the group, you'd look at them and say, I know that I'm going to end up doing all the work in this group. I, I can tell right now. I mean, I just think there are people who way prior to COVID were already barely engaged and COVID just gave them a reason to like really dig into their disengagement. And so if you're not going to be engaged, then I would rather you quit your job and go find it because I, I, I just can't stand working when people are barely there. I just, you know, either you're in it or you're not in it. So, I mean, and maybe that's just me and maybe that's how I like to look at the workplace, but I don't know very many good workers who enjoy or can really tolerate somebody who's like barely checking in. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like saying this is a crisis is just going to fall on deaf ears, but when people don't want to work or don't see a purpose in work beyond and the paycheck is extremely important. I'm not saying you should disregard that or that it somehow should be something that's only, you know, uh, only discussed at the end of the story. That's not it at all. It's it, The paycheck is extremely important, but the paycheck can't be all of it. I just don't think it can. I just I don't think that's how we were created. Um, so. Uh, Look, I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what it means for me. I just know that the more we go down this path of people not wanting to work, people not wanting to be part of a team, people isolating more and more, I just think we're going to be worse and worse off. And I do think that looking at the great resignation, they're calling it, as some like super new situation and something that's just come upon the horizon. Look, like I said, I 
I think this has afflicted people who all along were like, get me out of here. And this just kind of exacerbated the problem. Anyway, I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter or Facebook, The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy. You can find me on Twitter, Kathy underscore Word FM. You can tell me what you think about quiet quitting. I'll tell you one person who produces enough for five different people. That's my next guest, Doug Oster. Doug is the editor of Gardening with Doug, and he has been a Pittsburgh staple for decades. We're going to talk about all things related to your lawn, your trees, your shrubs, and what fall's going to look like around your house. That's next on The Ride Home. W-O-R-D. When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at scripture weekday mornings at 930. Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Do you have a passion for helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at LifeSteps. LifeSteps is hiring caring people to make a difference in the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. LifeSteps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. The Catholic Men's Fellowship of Western Pennsylvania presents the 14th Annual Gathering of Men Conference, Created New, Saturday, September 24th at Gateway High School in Monroeville. A day for men to rediscover their connection with God and renew their bonds with each other. Featuring a powerful lineup of speakers, worship, and Holy Communion to call us out of isolation and remind us what it means to be created anew. For details, visit the Catholic Men's Fellowship of Western Pennsylvania today at cmfpitt.org. My husband was out doing yard work on Saturday. He's super, super consistent. I mean, he's super consistent in everything, but he's very consistent in uh, 
what he's doing out in the yard. And so it was like the pre, he called it the pre-fall warm-up. We have huge, old, mature trees in our yard. And so the number of leaves that come down is <laughs> truly mind-blowing. And uh, so this is kind of like the, the yard day to get ready for the leaves coming down. So, you know, you get all the sticks off to clean off the patio, you know, all that sort of thing. And it made me think about Doug Oster because I thought, I wish I had like a bigger perspective on what this time of year means. Like, what should I be doing in my yard other than, you know, getting all the junk out? and, you know, pruning some stuff back. Like, what should I be doing? So fortunately, Doug Oster is available and happy even, he said, to join us on the show today. So, Doug, I thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, all you need to, to know about fall is you've got everything to do. Oh, great. So that makes it easy. <laughs> Why did you have to bring up leaves? I could, I'm telling you. Look, we've already chatted about this because we live in in a uh, the same part of town, and the the amount I can't believe that we can't sweep our leaves out into the street and get somebody to come by and you know zip them up. Or, I mean, is, we got bags we have to put them. I mean, it's like a, we have to wait for the collection to come around. It's such a pain. It would be physically impossible for me to get my leaves to the street just because of the way my house is situated. But living in an oak forest, yeah, those leaves are just uh, my worst job of the year. And, you know, I will blow leaves until the ground freezes, and then I'll have to blow leaves again in the spring because they'll all blow back. And, uh, you know, don't uh, throw your leaves away, though. You should use them as an important resource to make compost. That's what I use. Okay, so how do you do that, Doug? Well, since 1939, somebody's been throwing leaves over the side of the – uh, hill here and at the bottom I just dig through there and there's plenty of compost there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you, just, you just make a pile. Okay, you so you don't have to put them, you don't have to buy a compost bin, you don't have to do any of that? No, you know, if it's just leaves, it's going to take a long time. But if you're doing it every year and you're throwing leaves over the side or have a pile of them, eventually, you know, anything living eventually will become compost. A lot of those leaves I'll use shredded, and I will throw them. Every time I throw something in the compost pile from the kitchen, I'll throw those shredded leaves on top and kind of make a layer. Mm -hmm. But leaves eventually will turn into compost, but it's it's such a – I mean, I can't tell you how much time I spend with a big backpack blower. You know, I'm Mr. Environment and organic and everything, but the only way I can move those leaves is a a backpack blower – because I've got four acres and it's all oak leaves and I just that's just to keep the driveway clear, the patio clear, the walkways clear and a walk to the garden and back clear. <laughs> Holy cow. Ooh. I mean so and you're not like you're not alone. It's the same thing we do at our house. I'm sure there are tons of people listening who have that as a constant circumstance. So if you're blowing the leaves, you're blowing them and then raking them or you're just blowing them and that's it. Nope, I get, I'm lucky enough I've got woods all around me. They get blown right into the okay. woods or they get blown over the edge of, uh, you know, the house that's up on a hill. It just gets blown over the edge. So there is a place for them. I don't have to collect them like you do in bags and all that crazy stuff. Uh, I can just blow them off, but it, it's it's crazy. But there's so much more. You know, fall is such a great time for planting. It's time for trees, shrubs perennials, cool weather vegetables, bulbs. I could talk all day about planting bulbs. But th- this, the the shorter days, the uh, cooler temps, that's all indicative of root growth. And so instead of, like when we put a tree in in the spring, 
it might want to put the root growth on, the top growth, and try to flower. Now, it can be done, and you can plant them that way, but you're going to have to water them like crazy all the way through summer. When we do it this way, when we plant all these things I just talked about at the end of the season, we don't have to worry about that. It, the success rate is so high because all the plant needs to do, and you put it in now, is to just put on roots and get ready and get ready to go into dormancy, and then it'll just sit there. You, you keep water on it until the ground freezes, you know, if, if we don't get rain, and then you'll be good to go in the spring. You might, for a newly planted tree, if we do have drought early in the season, you might have to add some water there, but it's so much better to plant these things in the fall. And you know me, I'm cheap as can be, mm-hmm. and there's there's so many deals. You know, go to a good nursery because we know they've been watered. That's the most important thing, watered and fertilized. But there's still things, they're plants, you know, they, they need a little TLC sometimes. Sometimes they get overwatered. You never know. But there'll be a, a an area in the nursery with, like, perennials and all sorts of other stuff on sale. And depending on how you hit the season, like me, I'm there once a week, you know, looking at stuff, seeing what's selling, what isn't, what's there, what I want, <laughs> what it will sell for. A lot of times I'll go in at the end of the season, swoop in and just say, hey, I'll give you this much for that, and you don't have to – you know, heal it in, or you don't have to plant it, or this or that, and they're like, okay, just take it. <laughs> I want it to have a good home. <laughs> right. I like that. Right. I wanted to go to a place where people are going to love it. All right. So talk about if you decide that you want to plant a tree at this time of year. Say it's, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a tree you want to put outside of a window. You want to give maybe a little privacy from the street. So you want it to have some winter, you know, uh, interest some summer interest as well. Like name a couple things someone might want to look at. So it's always about the right tree for the right place. Mm-hmm. First off is knowing how big it's going to get and what kind of space you have. The biggest, the, the two biggest mistakes people make when planting a tree is they plant it too close to something and they plant it too deep. Uh, when you plant a tree, you have to see this thing called a root flare and you just kind of brush off the bottom and then that's where you know, you get that above grade. But let's talk about some cool trees. When I'm thinking about trees for your landscape, I'm trying to to think of uh, trees that have more than one season of interest. So let's take, for instance, one that I really love, and it's not a native. uh, It's called a Kusa dogwood. It's different than our native dogwood. But you can get them with, like, a variegated foliage. And so I'm always telling people, get a tree, if you can, with, like, pretty leaves, you know, and that yeah. means variegated foliage is like white and green. So all year it, ha- it it has the white and green leaves, but you also get the flowers. And then with the dogwood like that, you get these big red berries uh, afterwards. There's a, a Rosa Sharon, and people hate Rosa, Sh- Rosa Sharon because it makes babies and throws seeds like crazy. But this one is sterile. The seeds are sterile. So you don't have to worry about it. It's spreading. It's called sugar tip. Same thing. you got you got something that's indestructible. It has variegated foliage and then pink, like fluffy double flowers. It's just a, it's just the most beautiful plant. I posted it on my Facebook the other day, just as you know, a bunch of pictures from what's going on, and people just went nuts over it. I had to go back, repost it as a separate thing to tell people all about it, about it being sterile, about it, it its beauty and its ease of growth. You know, low maintenance. Uh, so it's all about that. You know, it's about finding a tree too that you love. You know, people are really getting into natives, and so there's natives like a sourwood tree is kind of an unusual tree. It's a a native that has these little white flowers, uh, kind of bell-shaped flowers that are that are beautiful. 
there's just there, there's so many options, but it's like, where's your son? Where what's the drainage like? How how much space do you have? Be sure that you're putting it in the right spot, and that will solve a lot of problems down the road. Hmm. What about someone who uh, you know feels a little overwhelmed by it? Would taking a photograph of the area where it's going to go, and then going to a garden center, would that be helpful? Oh, that would be very helpful. You know, just you know, if you don't know the exposure, east, west, north, south, yeah, take a picture in there. Tell them what you're looking for. You know, if you if it's for privacy, for shade, for beauty, uh, for just something unique. You know, in my case, as my oak forest is in decline because it's so old, I'm adding whenever I lose an oak, I'm adding something unique, Are something. You? Uh, that's going to add to the diversity of the forest. We Mm. want diversity. You don't want all the same thing. You know, ash trees in our area are gone because uh, that emerald ash borer came through and had no predator and just killed them all. So you you just want a a lot of different types of trees in your area. It's always better that way, no matter what you're doing with gardening. Uh, Diversity will will help because when a disease or pest comes through that wants all the same thing, if you've got all the same thing, you're in trouble. Doug Oster is with me, editor of Gardening with Doug. Check out more information about Doug at Doug Oster. That's O-S-T-E-R dot com. Um, Doug, if people are planting trees, what do they need to know? You mentioned too deep is a problem, too close to the house is a problem. And it's one of the things that we really don't add compost to the planting hole. Everything else I talk about, we're adding compost. We want to find a spot when we dig that hole, and that hole needs to be about two times as big as the actual root ball. Uh, And we want to find soil that's just like your average garden soil or better. You know, we used to add compost to these planting holes, but they found that it just became a big, giant container. The roots would not leave that compost. Mm. So we want the native soil to be back in there. If you dig in there and it's pure clay, Try and find another spot. If you can't find another spot, if this is the only spot for a tree, then you have to excavate that clay out of there, mix it with something else that, that's a little bit better, but you're trying to keep that native soil as is so that the roots will normally just work their way out uh, instead of stay in that little hole. Interesting. I like that a lot. Doug Oster, DougOster.com with us. All right, Doug, we have a lot more to talk about. I'm going to take a break now. When we come back, let's talk about shrubs, perennials, particularly let's talk about cool weather vegetables and whether your fall mums that you've planted in the ground are going to come back next year. Doug says the percentage is low, but hope hope remains. (laughs) We'll talk more with Doug coming up next. Nothing in this world beats real-life experience. Now, of course, a lot of us have sent our kids to college. There's a lot of classroom work and theory and whatnot. But then, hopefully, there's a day where the rubber hits the road Mm -hmm. and your kid goes out and spreads wings and becomes part of the real-life environment of what it is to earn a living. And prior to that, the internship is what gets you ready. Right. That's the time when you're like kind of in the work world, but not fully in the work world. Right. And you're kind of trying to test your wings and ask the questions and get some guidance and maybe perform well enough that you could get somebody's attention later on and maybe get a job. Right. Now, at Grove City College, the opportunity for internships exists mm-hmm. and people cement themselves inside of a, a corporation and once you graduate, then 
I mean, the possibilities are endless. On campus, people come to Grove City and go, we know the nature, the quality mm-hmm. of these students. This is an A+. We're invested in these students because we see what you produce. Count us in as corporate partners. So if that sounds interesting to you or something that might be appealing and a great thing for your child to strive for, consider Grove City College. Look them up online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Celebrate fall during Community Market Days at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. Every Saturday from 11 to 3, Bedner's has plenty to enjoy, including local goods and vendors, a food truck, live music, wine tastings, cooking and gardening workshops, DIY and kids' activities, plus everything you need for your fall gardening and decor with fresh-cut pumpkins, gourds, corn stalks, mums, and lots more. Community Market Days every Saturday at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in McDonald. Visit Bedner'sGreenhouse.com. In those days, ten men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say, We want to go with you, for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments, unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. here on 101.5 Word FM. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. The best Christian music to brighten your day. Messages that inspire hope, life, and spiritual transformation from the nation's leading Christian teachers. And a safe place for you to grow in your faith. Sound like something you could use? Visit christianradio.com. Christianradio.com is a place you can find hope when it seems there is none. Now, all of your favorite Christian radio stations can go with you wherever you go. Join us online and on your mobile app at ChristianRadio.com. Partly cloudy tonight, the low 53, and then tomorrow times of clouds and sun, the high 68. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, the low 53 as well. And midweek Wednesday looks mostly sunny, pleasant, but the start of a long dry spell, high 76. Thursday going to be mostly sunny, a great day to be outside with a high 75. Partly sunny, a nice Friday, the high 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. What's going on in my yard? Why does that bush look dead? Why don't I know what to do with my vegetables? These are all the questions that my good friend Doug Oster can answer. Check out Doug Oster online at DougOsterOSTER.com. He's the editor of Gardening with Doug. All right, Doug, let's talk about um, fall veggies. Uh, what is there anything that you can plant now, or is this just oh, the time for harvesting? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is, uh, this is what I call the start of the third season. I, I beg people to plant right really? now. Really? I know that uh, most people just wanted, like, okay, it was a great season, that's it. But as we get into fall, you got you got these cooler temperatures, you got rain, you got less bugs, less diseases, and all you're doing is picking the plants that love cold weather. And so any nursery right now is going to have fall veggies. And so I've got a flat out there myself of two different types of bunching onions, radishes, beets, arugula, lettuce, spinach. All these things that you can plant right now, and you will they will be there at least, at least until Christmas. And if you give them a little protection, and we'll talk about that the next time you and I talk, we give them a little bit of protection, they can go all winter and be there for you in the next spring, depending on the winter. But 
this is just just the best time to be planting cool weather uh, veggies. And as I said, you know, you, you can find a find them at just any nursery and all sorts of different stuff. Oh, I actually have turnips out there too, white mm. turnips. Uh, and so don't nobody should turn their nose up at turnips because a garden turnip is completely different than a, than a store turnip because once that frost hits that turnip, it sweetens it up. It turns the starches to sugar, and it's just a different animal, just what? like anything else out of the garden. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I've never pl- was- uh, listen, I've never planted turnips in my life. I felt like I was morally opposed to it. Oh, yeah. It's like when I say turnips, people think to me, I was like 1930 or so, well, you're eating turnips. But Wait, is this wartime? Not only, not only the turnip, the root, but actually the greens are really tasty. And oftentimes I grow a special type of turnip just for the greens because they they thrive in cool weather and they're yummy. That You know, that turnip, turnip and a rutabaga and celeriac uh, is another thing, but, but they all have kind of a negative connotation because they're kind of ugly root crops. But I'm telling you. Uh, they're easy to grow, and they're extremely sweet after a frost. And wow. just something you could just roast, roast like a beet. You know, I grew up not liking beets because my mother had those canned beets. I hated them, and I grew them for my wife because she loved beets. And once we started, she started roasting them from the garden. The the amount of sugar in a beet, it's the highest sugar content of just about any vegetable. And now I love them so. You should love your turnips. Eat your turnips, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Doug Oster telling me I need to eat turnips. Find out more information, DougOster.com. Okay, talk about um, – okay, so last year I planted fall mums. and No, it was two years ago I planted fall mums, and I asked you on the air, what are my chances of the fall mums coming back? And you said – Slim and none, and Slim just left town. <laughs> That's not true, though. That's not true, though. Um, First, you have to know that it's a hardy mom, that, that, that you know, ask them, is this a mom that's supposed to come back? Because most of them aren't. And they've just, they've been forced to put all these flowers on. And if you're going to do this and you're, you've got your heart set on trying to overwinter moms, they got to go in right now. They have to have time to get established uh, because they've been, they've been bred in such a way to put on this show. There's so much energy mm-hmm. in all those flowers. A tip, a tip for buying moms. Buy them when the buds are really tight. You might not even be able to see the color. Look at the tag to see the color or look at one that's next to it because it's going to last so much longer. You'll get it in the ground. Give it water. Give it fertilizer. Try and get it established. Put it in good soil with compost. But you'll get that first flush of blooms, and then you'll get a whole second flush of blooms. If you wait too long and they're already flowered out, like people are it just it's, – it's human nature. You see something all beautiful with its flowers already out. Oh, I want that. But you put it in the ground, the flowers are gone in about a week, especially if you get a, 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 a heat wave. And we get those in September. Sure. So get them when the buds are tight. Know that it, it's technically a hardy mom. There are certain varieties. Like if you go to the nursery and say, I want to overwinter them, there's like a, one that's called igloo, I think, and it, it's bred specifically to do that. If it does catch, if it does get established, that's a perennial for you. That's a plant that's going to come back for you year after year. And uh, I, I, I actually was at a, a, I did a garden consult at an animal shelter the other day, and they had lots of moms 
that caught on. And once they do, it's amazing because they'll start spreading. Right. And it's just it's just an easy thing to have in the garden. Well, two years ago, like I said, I planted 10 mums. And then you said that, you know, my chances were, you know, probably 10%. Anyway, one survived. So you're pretty much your prediction was right <laughs> on. And now that this is the second year, you're right. It's bigger. It's better. Cool. I mean, now that it's there, I feel really good. Like, I think I think it's going to be my companion long term. Yeah, now it's there. You're exactly right. That that thing is going to be there year after year, and that's just a great thing when it works out that way. And even if it doesn't work out that way, mums are just something you have to have in the fall garden. They're just they're so beautiful. Again, they love the cool weather, uh, but they've just been grown in a greenhouse for uh, you know basically half a year, forcing it to, to put on as many flowers as possible. Just like we talked about the trees. It's hard for a plant to put on that root growth when it's expand, ex, spent all its energy to make the flowers. Mm-hmm. So that's why, it's, that's why it's so difficult. Yeah, that's a good tip. I appreciate that. And I think that actually was the case with that plant that I put in um, and the other ones that were so beautiful and looked great at the time and didn't make it. Uh, we're talking to Doug Oster. He's the editor of Gardening with Doug. Doug, what about pl- you mentioned planting onion, radish, lettuce, arugula, turnips in the fall garden. What about herbs? Are there any herbs you could put in the ground now? Oh, man, yeah, lots of herbs. In fact, if you've got basil out there, uh, basil is going to be gone with the frost. Think about taking some cuttings. Uh, it's real easy to do. I've got a video online, but you can find it anywhere. Take some cuttings and grow them inside. But for outside, yeah, oregano, sage, thyme. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Parsley would be – parsley is a great fall crop because it, it's got probably an 80% chance of overwintering. Those mm-hmm. other ones, the sage – and the oregano and the thyme, those are definite perennials. And one other reason besides, you know, for our cooking, those herbs, when they flower, bring in all the good bugs. Uh, when you get those little flowers on the yeah. herbs, you see an oregano plant in bloom in the summer. It's filled with these native green bees that don't hurt us, but they help us garden by pollinating. And Part of our gardening nowadays is trying to lure pollinators in, trying to to uh, help them because they help us. And what about moving herbs inside? I know a lot of people, especially in this area, have beautiful herb gardens. You talked about making cuttings. You said there's a there's a video that we can look at. But so what will that if if we bring basil in or mint or whatever we've got in the garden, we bring it in and put it on our windowsill. Will that last the whole winter? Definitely, I do that every year. I've really? got like a long windowsill planter that is filled with all sorts of perennial herbs and you know there's no killing mint uh that 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 mint will be here long after i told you i put up above ground pool over a garden of mint and i still have mint uh, <laughs> so yeah mint oregano thyme uh you know the basil is like a 50 50 indoors you never know it just depends on, on what you do with it and and how it how much light you have you never know but it's worth a, worth a shot. But the other ones, those other perennials, they'll grow all winter long on on the windowsill. And it, rosemary is another good one. Although rosemary is a little tricky with the watering. Never too dry, never too wet. Mm. And you get that rosemary to go all winter. And there's nothing better because they're going to limp along on the windowsill. They don't have enough, enough light, and they'll make all this, like, soft growth. You just cut that off like giving them a haircut and use that in the kitchen and there's you know there's nothing like the the real thing that kind of herb that's you're, oh you're right picking, no the, and using yeah the right dried the can't the dried can't possibly compare right right that's not even basil to me that, right you know. of course of course that's a little green 
papery thing. It's not basil. Yeah. Crying out loud. Doug, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. So much great uh, thank information. You, Kathy. Always good to talk to you, Doug. Um, hopefully, I'll see you at the next Nerd Night. Sounds good. I'm a nerd. (laughs) That's that's Doug Oster. Check him out online. If you go to DougOster.com, there is so much good stuff there. And especially find a way to follow him on Instagram, follow him on Facebook. He's going to give you good tips, great photographs all year long. One hundred one point five W O R D. I won! I won! Yes! And we want you to win too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes update each Friday. You can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes update mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com/slash subscribe. Okay, everyone gather around. I have some exciting... Running her shoe factory, Kendra talks the talk and walks the walk. We're switching to green energy. She needs a biotech consultant to erase her carbon footprint. All operations will net zero emissions. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Critical race theory. Is it critical or corrupting? Prominent Christian leaders fall into both camps. If the debate has left you confused and questioning, Rocky Springs Church presents a CRT conference Saturday, September 24th in Harrisville, PA, within 10 minutes of Grove City that examines the history of CRT, how we got here, is it compatible with the gospel, and where do we go from here? Register at crtconference.rockyspringschurch.org, crtconference.rockyspringschurch.org. As the war on Ukraine stretches into six months, the needs of displaced and refugee families continue to grow. We cook on open fires under shelling and bombs just because if you don't, you will have nothing to eat. Millions are still homeless, waiting for an end to the fighting so they can figure out what comes next. They remain in desperate need of essentials, including food. Since March, Food for the Poor and our ministry partners have shipped more than 10 million meals to displaced families. These meals have been distributed through pastors and refugee assistance centers throughout Ukraine and surrounding countries, and the help is gratefully received. But the need for food is ongoing. So will you please consider giving a generous gift right now? Each meal costs just 25 cents, so a little goes a long way. $50 will provide 200 meals. $150 sends 600. Please give your most compassionate gift now. Text SEND HOPE, all one word, to 91999. Text SEND HOPE, all one word, to 91999, and we'll send you a link to give. Or click the Help Ukraine banner at wordfm.com. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to Northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. In July of 2020, I, uh, without any warning, lost my health insurance. I'd been on my uh, husband's insurance since we were married. And all of a sudden, because of COVID and because of, you know, a, a, the economic catastrophe of the time, uh, 
I lost my health insurance. And so I was all of a sudden scrambling. I'd never even really thought about it. And I wasn't eligible for health insurance here because I'm not a full-time employee. And so I had to kind of go out on the private market to find my insurance. Um, And uh, so now it's been two years since then, and there's been some ups and downs with that journey. But I thought about it today when I saw an article in Politico about healthcare. Oh no, it was an AP on healthcare. It says a recent poll reveals that public satisfaction with the US healthcare system is remarkably low, with fewer than half of Americans saying it's generally handled well. Now listen to this. Only 12% say it is handled extremely or very well. And overall, the public gives even lower marks for how prescription drug costs, the quality of care at nursing homes, and mental health care are being handled, with just 6% saying that those health services are done very well in the country. In fact, a poll showing an overwhelming majority of Americans, nearly 8 in 10, say they are at least moderately concerned about getting access to quality health care. I mean, there are so many reasons for this. Uh, It would, you know, it would take way longer than I have in this segment to talk about the reasons for it. But I do think it's important um, to talk about what it looks like on a practical basis when you're trying to navigate the health insurance uh, environment. Um, So, you know, I know that many of you have health insurance through an employer. And so you go to the prescribed places um, for health insurance um, because you have to, because I have private health insurance Um, that can be good and bad. But one of the things that has allowed me to do that has really opened my eyes is um, I have to pay upfront for everything I have done. So I have to pay in cash for a colonoscopy, an MRI, a blood test or whatever it is. And then I have to submit that to my health insurance company. And then they either reimburse me or don't. (laughs) And um, so it is extremely important that I shop around and see where I can get the cheapest price. Now, that's something that is virtually unknown to probably 95% of the people in America who uh, have health insurance is the idea of shopping around. And it is exactly what healthcare providers do not want you to do. Because if you saw the difference in what people charge place to place, you would lose your mind. Uh, I needed an MRI about a year ago, and so I started pricing them out because, again, I'm paying out of pocket, right? And I'm going to have to wait weeks, probably months, to get a reimbursement from health from my health insurance company. So I'm looking around, and uh, you know, I'm looking at prices. So at one location, and these are actual numbers, at one location, I was quoted a price for my MRI of six thousand one hundred dollars. Another place quoted me $335. That is for the same MRI. Six, I mean, $6,000 versus $300? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. So how quickly did I drive out to the $300 place? I mean, it was so it wasn't convenient to me. But it only took maybe 30 minutes for me to get there. I got the same test. The same test was, you know, sent to my same doctor and it was reviewed and it was exactly the way it should have been. But here's the thing. If you don't have to shop for your health insurance, then you could quite possibly go to the one that costs $6,000, right, and end up with a huge copay or 
it's just a huge cost that's absorbed by your health insurance company. And that's why the rates keep going up. Right. So if everyone had to do what I do, then the prices of health care would plummet because everybody would be calling up and asking for prices and going to the cheapest place or and I'm not and. Here's the thing. With an MRI, it's a machine. You're going into it. So, you know, cost is not that much of a factor. But you might want to pay for going to a particular doctor over another doctor. And I think that's totally fine. But what I'm saying is the market should should help us to determine how the whole thing works. And the market never enters into it. The other thing that I want to say, based on my experience, and this could be yours, too, if you if you have private health insurance and have to shop for your own, is that even though laws have been passed that you have to that the a provider has to publish prices in cash for people like me who are seeking cash prices that is not what actually happens so i needed a a, a colonoscopy recently and so i started calling places and saying hi i need a cash price for a colonoscopy and i didn't get a call back there was uh you know i'd click on the right number or the the right link on the website and it would take me nowhere. I mean, there are a ton, a ton of hospitals and health insurance um, providers that do not tell you what a cash price is, even though that is mandated by federal statute, they are not doing it. And so several places I had to call back and say, hey, after I'd already decided I wasn't going to go to them, I'd still call back and say, hey, you need to do this. You know, this is something that statute is, is, uh, has decided is best for the populace. I'm a member of the populace. And the fact that you don't have this listed is ridiculous. Another thing I noticed is that if you're looking for a cash price somewhere, oftentimes the provider will just flood you with a huge amount of information. Like they'll send you to a website and the website will be 300 pages long. And you'll be like looking through like minute after minute is ticking by and you're looking in the fine print and you realize they're just sending you paper. They don't want to tell you what the cash price is. They just are going to do it saying, oh, yeah, well, that's what we do for patients. And of course, we're abiding by the federal regulations, but they're actually not because you who's going to go through all those pages? I mean, I like you could make it into a full time job. Anyway, I bring all this up just to be another clarion call, another person in the public saying we have to do a better job with our health care. We have to be able to find the lowest prices. We have to reintroduce the market into what we're doing, because I'm telling you, if you knew what you were buying, you'd be buying it somewhere else. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about the Emmy Awards. They're on tonight. A, do you care? And B, if you do care the kinds of races you might want to look out for. What's next? The Ride Home. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, (laughs) it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting.
interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. I was at a big family get-together recently. There were four generations and a zillion people there, and I was sitting in the back corner of the room with Grandpa. Ryan, he says, it seemed like yesterday this room was just me. The days are long, but the years are way too short. At United Faith Mortgage, the best part of my job is helping new home buyers because I often get to hear about life's little things. My son saw the treehouse in the backyard and we knew it was home. Or, this will be our first basement. We're going to make it an awesome game room. As the years fly by, way too short. I believe that God has given us these kind of little things in the middle of the chaos. It's simply our job to notice and appreciate them. If you happen to be thinking new home, I hope you'll consider us. We're committed to Word FM and one-on-one white glove service. And we also have this fancy direct lender advantage thing that can often save you money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a teen name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. The 74th Emmy Awards are on tonight. 8 p.m. NBC and on Peacock. And it's an award show. So, you know, I don't know if I can stomach the whole thing. I probably can't. And I don't know if you like those things or don't like those things. But tonight's uh, presentation hosted by Saturday Night Live comedian Kenan Thompson, broadcasting live from the Microsoft Theater. I don't know what that is, but that's the most depressing title of a theater I've ever heard. Um, anyway, it's supposed to be a particularly competitive season because the COVID-19 restrictions are lifted. And so there are a lot more entrants and contenders in 2022. Um, a couple races, I think, are kind of interesting to look at. And I'm bringing it up because so many people are watching TV now as opposed to going to the movies. So the Emmys actually are taking on a greater significance in the Academy Awards. Um, anyway, so... Outstanding drama, uh, Succession, which is an HBO show, which I tried to watch, but I decide I couldn't find one character I liked, and so I decided I had to skip that. Um, Squid Game, Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Yellow Jackets are nominated for Best Drama, in addition to two of my favorite shows of the year. One is Stranger Things, uh, that was season four. And Severance, which was absolutely outstanding, an Apple production, uh, one of the best TV shows, I believe, uh, be in my top, be in my top 10 
favorite shows ever uh, because I think it is so well done and so thought provoking. So I'm seriously behind Severance tonight. Um, Though Succession, I think, is the uh, TV show that has garnered more nominations than any other. Uh, For comedy, this is going to be a really tight and interesting race, I think. Ted Lasso, once again nominated. That was the winner last year. Um, But newcomer Hulu's Only Murders in the Building, which is one of my favorite shows of the year. It is so outstanding. I absolutely love Martin Short, Steve Martin, um, and what's her name? Oh, super cutie. Why can't I think of her name? Um, And also ABC's Abbott Elementary, which is a really, I think, an underrated show. If you haven't seen it, it's a short show. It only, it's like, you know, maybe 25 minutes long. Quinta Brunson is the creator of it. It's the, She's the star of it as well. It's a show about a failing Philadelphia public school and the teachers who work there. It is hilarious. For anybody who's a teacher, it is a total tension reliever. Um, and it's just... I, there's not a thing I don't like about it. Anyway, Quinta Brunson is the first black woman to be nominated in three categories in a single year at the Emmys. So I am super rooting for Abbott Elementary or uh, Only Murders in the Building. Um, both are so good. And then for um, Outstanding Actress, this is another interesting uh, race. Uh, Zendaya is nominated for her lead performance in Euphoria, which I refuse to watch. Laura Linney for Ozark. Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets. Also, uh, Jodie Comer and Sandra O oh are nominated for Killing Eve. And I thought Reese Witherspoon, who was nominated for The Morning Show, really had a wonderful performance. So I'll be looking forward to that as well. Okay, again, whether I can sit down and actually make myself watch the whole thing, I doubt because it's Monday Night Football. Um, But anyway, we'll talk about the winners and much more on tomorrow's edition of The Ride Home. Thanks for being here. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.